Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of DogsInDanger.com, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush, on AM970, The Apple. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. Our second show, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the air. Hello, Brenda. Hello, Alex. My co-host is here, and uh, I have to tell you something. Um, since last week, everybody's been congratulating on last week's show and how great it was and this and that. And all I can say is it's only the beginning. Hang on. Today's topic is mandatory spay-neuter programs. I said mandatory spay-neuter programs. Everybody's for spay-neuter, right? But we're talking mandatory, and we have a couple of phenomenal guests coming up. But first, we have a poll that's going on right now on Facebook. Tons and tons of people have been replying there. You can go there right now, facebook.com slash dogs in danger. So it's facebook.com slash dogs in danger and put in your opinion because we're going to be giving the results of the poll at the end of the show. Plus, we may have a chance to read just uh, some of the comments. What do you think, Brenda? What's yeah, going on on a, Facebook? There's a, there's a lively discussion going on out there right now. Right now, it's about even, but uh, there are a lot of people that are still still have yet to check in. So. Dogs in da- uh, Facebook.com slash Dogs in Danger, and you can be part of that poll that we'll read later. We also have a live call-in number, which is 866-970-9622. So if you'd like to talk to our guests later on in the show uh, or just voice your comments on the issue of mandatory spay-neuter, please call us or email at radio at dogsindanger.com. So before we launch into this program, I have to say something personal on this. I don't know if any of you guys have been, uh, have been addicted to this show on Animal Planet called Whale Wars. But I have. This is the third year that I've been addicted to it. I think they've been on a couple more shows and a couple more years. Um, and last night we watched the one the program before the last program. And I have to tell you, just one big question just keeps floating in my head, no pun intended. What's wrong with the Japanese? Like the whole world is telling the Japanese, stop with the whale sushi. And uh, they just keep doing it. Yeah, well, so much for politically correct, but uh, I do love the show, too, and uh, we're rationing ourselves, so we have one more recorded show yet to watch, but uh, on to the dogs. And talking about dogs, uh, another personal note, what is with the blowing of coat of your three Siberian huskies? Oh, no. I knew I was not going to make it through this show without this issue coming up. Oh, my God. There's what hair flying all over all over the Alexanian house right now. Jeez. Is there some kind of medicine you can give him? <laughs> well, actually, uh, I did take one of the dogs yesterday to uh, the great groomers over at uh, Mount Kisco's Woof and Wash. And, uh, and they have an amazing setup there. The great thing is I get to go in, you know, because bathing them kind of enhances the process, makes it go a little faster. And so... Um, so, so is this going to help, or is more of the yeah, same Yeah, well, it's going to help our house, but uh, uh, Woof and Wash wasn't looking so good when I left there yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we were invited, uh, Brenda and I were invited to see a premiere of a, of a film called Take Me Home, um, the story of the Georgia puppy caravan. Um, it's really uh, quite a heartwarming story. It's, um, it was an event that happened in, in August 19th, just about a year ago, 2009, and this 50-car caravan took off from uh, New Jersey or uh, Pennsylvania, right down to Chattanooga County, and they cleared out one of the high kill shelters in the state. Okay, Ch- Chattanooga County Chattooga had 100. County, Georgia. Chattooga County, yeah. pardon me. Georgia. 138 dogs. 
that were all pretty much 90% euthanasia rate. Yeah, they, and they cleaned out the whole completely place. Completely emptied out the shelter. It was an amazing thing to watch, really heartwarming story. And they did a great uh, a, a great premiere at the Trocadero, Trocadero Theater in, in Philly. uh, Philadelphia mm-hmm. last week. And um, some great music performances. They have actually a CD out also. And they did some great music performances. They had the kids there performing live. And it was really a touching experience. Yeah, it was, uh, Glad to be invited. It hats off to uh, Karen Talbot of Mom's Rescue, who put that whole thing together. I mean, if you see the organization, if you see the detailed work it took to pull this 138 dogs, and then when you're watching the film, you realize, oh, that's 138 she saved out of 4 million. Uh, then you kind of sink into your chair yeah. and you feel the weight of the world yeah. on your shoulders. Well, it was a great, a great, great story, but we all, um, you know, we're thinking about the fact that two weeks later those shelters were probably full again. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, it was, it was something to see, huh? Yeah. All those cars. Um, you want to do our pet talk du jour? Uh, yeah. A s- let's see. We have study this year by researchers at University of California confirmed that children who read to Fido really do perform better. How about that? Young students who read out loud to dogs improve their reading skills by 12% over a 10-week program. So I guess, you know, they have less, they, they feel uh, less vulnerable, less worried about making mistakes because the dogs don't care, right? So get your kids to read to your dog that if you want to make them better readers. Well, wait, I mean... Young students, what, what I'm seeing here, young students who read out loud to dogs improved their reading skills by 12% over the course of a 10-week right. program. That's, so the young students are reading out loud to, to the, the dog. dog. Exactly, okay? right. So there's nobody else in the room. There's no teacher. There's no mommy. There's the, the kid and the dog. Well, and actually, in their study, loud. I don't think it really even mattered. But the fact that the kids were reading to the dog, the kids understood that the dogs really didn't care uh, if they made mistakes or not. And that improved them overall to the human population as well. Right, exactly. Wow, that's incredible. Who would figure that? And just to follow up on the interesting pet facts, Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant wondered if the mere presence of a canine in the office might make people collaborate more effectively. Now, now we switch to the office from the home. And what were the results? Having a dog around the office made volunteers 30% less likely to snitch. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Dogs do make us better people. That's what that means. Is that what, I mean, snitches are bad people by inference? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another, another little point here. They also rank their teammates more highly on measurements of trust, team cohesion, and intimacy. So when I show up with my dog at work on Monday, then uh, I guess they're not going to give me a hard time about that because I'm just going to claim that it makes us all better people. What does it mean, measure them higher on a measurement of intimacy in the office i don't know but uh you don't want to go there no let's not go there wow i can't figure figure that one about that's the two very very interesting facts and i think i'm going to cut over to brenda to do our number one dogs in danger dog of the day yeah we have uh, every week we're going to promote two dogs from the dogs in danger website and uh this week um the first dog is sponsored by Lori in rhode island thank you Lori, for giving this dog a little added extra uh, adoption exposure ace is a lab, uh, young lab retriever mix, and he's at the Richland County Dog Shelter in Mansfield, Ohio. He's an owner surrender. His owner passed away. Oh, how sad. And he was brought to the shelter along with his companion, Patches. Ace is about one year old. He's house trained. He's good with kids, good with some dogs, not good with cats. He's great with people and has a beautiful coat. He is brown and black. He's a, he's a doll of a dog. And, uh, again, that's Richland County in Mansfield, Ohio. I'll give you the phone number. is 419-774-5892. Ask for Susan if you can help that dog. 
and um, it's also available on the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour website, all the details about any of the dogs that we talk about. Yeah, you just go to dogsendanger.com and punch in Ohio, and you'll, you'll get a chance to see face-to-face. And you can see his face, yeah. Absolutely. He's adorable He's a little black dog. My goodness, where are you finding Black lab dogs? mix. And, and uh, black dogs in shelters are killed at horrifying rates. Terrible, isn't uh, it? Often passed over for their lighter-colored counterparts. Yeah, isn't that terrible? It is terrible because they are often just as friendly as the other dogs. So we're going to try to take some phone calls today. We were unable to do it last week. Um, we're going to try to do it uh, this week. The call-in number is 866-970-9622. And uh, we are going to be going to station break in a couple of seconds. And we're going to, when we come back, we're going to introduce our first guest, who is Henry Mark Holzer, Chairman and General Counsel of the International Society for Animal Rights. And we're going to launch on into uh, this hot topic, and it is as hot as it can get. Yeah, it is. Mandatory mm-hmm. spay-neuter, today's hottest topic. Yeah, the lights are already l- – I see the phone lines already lighting up. Oh, but yeah. People are Ab- anxious to talk about this. Absolutely. And it's this a is- hot issue all across the country, um, no matter what side you fall on it. Uh, you know, animal lovers and professionals on both sides of the fence – think it's an important we- weapon in combating homeless pet problem. Um, whether or not you think it should be mandatory is the issue that we're talking about today. And how are we doing on Facebook? Uh, are you seeing see the responses? Don't a... give me the results. Yeah, this is multitasking. We're Facebooking um, while we're doing the radio show. So let's see what we've got. So far, we have uh, 43 oppose and 50 support. So it's pretty close. Lots of people um, giving their rationale for both sides uh, of the issue. Well, I guess you gave us the... I can't believe that because when the when the survey started, it was much more you know much more in favor versus opposed. Yeah, and the opposed seems to be moving higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, everyone thinks that uh, spay neuter is a great thing, of course, but um, mandatory is yeah. our issue today. We'll be right we'll be back right after now. this message. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know just which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsInDanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and 40,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families and children everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe, like we do, that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to dogsindanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 per month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsInDanger.com and do something good for your soul. Everybody stop what you're doing, please! Every talk show has its niche, and it seems like Dennis Miller has found his. I started listening to you. Never really had an interest too much in politics or anything. Never felt that I could do anything or felt that anything mattered. After listening to you for uh, a year and a half or two years, I still don't think I can do anything, but it's a lot more fun. That's what I'm here to do. The Dennis Miller Show, weekdays at 11 on the Talk of New York, 
AM 970. The Apple. Did you know that if you're a woman over 40, you need to work out at least an hour a day just to maintain your current weight? An hour at the gym every day without losing a pound? That's ridiculous. Hi, I'm Steve Bostick, president of Right Size Smoothies, and when I heard that, I was shocked because I know that if you feed your body right, you can lose weight in no time. That's why I'm going to let anyone who calls today try my patented weight loss smoothies free for two full weeks. I'll even personally guarantee that you'll see the weight fall right off or you'll never pay for the smoothies. For your free two-week trial, call now, 1-800-600-9520. And now I've made my smoothies even better because if you're one of the first 100 callers, you'll not only receive a free two-week trial, you'll also receive my revolutionary blender bottle absolutely free. To be one of the first 100 callers, call 1-800-600-9520. That number again is 1-800-600-9520. Could you name seven reasons President Barack Obama has lost America? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I could think of at least seven, but Town Hall Magazine has done more than just think about it. Town Hall Magazine on the next Mike Gallagher show. If your accountant missed your gross income by almost half, would you fire him? Tim Geithner and Obama revised the gross domestic product from 2.4 to 1.6 in the second quarter. Are there any debates between Democrats or in turning around the economy? Also, I'll preview President Obama's speech to the country covering the war in Iraq. For a man who missed on the surge, on the next Mike Gallagher show, if your accountant missed your gross income by almost half, would you fire him? Tim Geithner and Obama revised the gross domestic product from 2.4 to 1.6 for the second quarter. Is there any debate that the Democrats are inept in turning around the economy? Also, I'll preview President Obama's speech to the country covering the war in Iraq. For a man who missed on the surge, can you trust him to bring home the victory? That and a whole lot more on the next Mike Gallagher show. Weeknights at 9 on the Talk of New York, AM 970, The Apple. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back. What was that? I don't know. I don't know. Two guys talking at the same time. Politics is confusing. Yes, it sure is. (laughs) So we're going to bring in our first guest. We're launching into the topic of the day, which is mandatory spay-neuter. And our first guest is going to be Professor Henry Mark Holzer, he is chairman and general counsel of the International Society for Animal Rights and a professor emeritus at Brooklyn Law School. Let me just say hello to Professor, are you on? I am. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? Just fine. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Alex and Brenda at the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. I'm here. Oh, good. Okay, terrific. Listen, I want to start by asking you a, a question that has nothing to do with dogs, but is it true that I, I read in your bio that you were Ayn Rand's attorney at some point in your career? Yeah, she was a client and a friend of ours. How fascinating. Uh, I am a, a big, uh, I'm not going to say worshiper, but certainly uh, I look up to Ayn Rand and some of her theories. Well, you can certainly worship her ideas. <laughs> well, that, I think we're two men speaking of the same mind, Professor. <laughs> Um, he was an interesting character. Yeah, you, if you can get a chance to throw in a little anecdote or two, we're not going to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you something apropos of uh, how much time do we have? By you, the way? We have 10 minutes. All right, I'm going to talk fast. Um, one night um, we were talking, and she had cats. One night we were talking, and uh, the context isn't important. But she said that if I could figure out a uh, rationale to defend the concept, the moral concept, 
of animal rights, I would be doing a great service to humanity. She is not well known for that position, and indeed there are people who have a vested interest in denying she ever said it, but the fact is she did say that. And you were there to hear it? She said it to me. That's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. in her apartment, in her study. For whatever reasons, uh, society has chosen to amplify her more Machiavellian uh, traits and uh, and not really look at the whole 360-degree picture of Ayn Rand, I, well, I feel, anyway. That's because they can't rebut her ideas. Yeah, <laughs> that's a sad statement. Listen, mandatory spay-neuter. If words have meaning, mandatory means mandatory, period. Absolutely. And it's just that simple. And, and indeed, you may know that ISAR has up on our website a PDF version of a 120 or 130-page paper, a report I wrote on mandatory spay-neuter covering yes, we saw the moral yes. aspects and the legal aspects and the constitutional aspects and so forth. Um, during your promo, you, you characterize this as a moral issue. You're quite right about that. Um, you're trying to find homes for unwanted animals. I mean, we in, in the field know very well uh, what the problem is. Millions are put down every year. And the, the biological fact is that animals, these animals, even without puppy farms, which are scurrilous, um, can breed faster than they can be adopted or killed. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. I Absolutely. mean, despite Nathan Winograd's efforts, which are are uh, heroic mm-hmm. in, in pushing the no-kill movement, the fact is that they can they can breed and be bred, unfortunately, mm-hmm. faster than they can be adopted or killed. And it is indeed a moral issue. So the question is what can be done. And I can't summarize a 120-some page report in six minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but suffice to say that it is a moral issue that, that the mandatory spay-neuter laws with teeth, no pun intended, are constitutional, and they ought to be enacted. The problem is every time a law surfaces, like a couple of years ago in California, it's shot so full of loopholes that it's worse than no law at all. And it's worse than no law at all, and we opposed it. Mm -hmm. Because if it gets enacted with all its loopholes, then people like us who want more done are told, we gave you a statute, we gave you what you wanted. I mean, how much do you want? And well, Professor, um, California, I mean, most people consider the California attempt at, at mandatory spay-neuter to be a failure, okay? Lake County is one of those examples, and it's been a, is a miserable failure. Its, it's euthanasia rate is four times the USA average. Santa Cruz seems like another miserable failure. Do you have a place that this has been enacted and there is a track record of it working? The mandatory spay-neuter? Mm-hmm. No, because it's never been mandatory. It's it's really that simple. So well, the, I guess the, manda- I mean, it, mandatory means different things to different people, right? Well, no. It, well, it may, but it shouldn't. Words have meaning. So what was wrong with Lake County and Santa Cruz? I read uh, as much as I could of your 138-piece excellent document. Um, what was wrong with Lake County and Santa Cruz that they've had such disasters? Well, in the first place, these these kinds of statutes have to be statewide okay. for openers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the problems with California because it was all local. Mm-hmm. 
and and exemptions could be granted. You know, the AKC and the cat fanciers, they all come in mm -hmm. with their lobbyists and with their lawyers, and they get exceptions carved into these things, mm -hmm. which completely, again, no pun intended, neuter them. Right, right. So it has to be statewide. Right. So all that's right? the first and, thing. And for openers, it has mm -hmm. to be statewide. Because if it's if it's local, it's subject to all of the local problems and politics and corruption and exceptions that you get in, in liquor licenses and zoning ordinances, condemnation and the rest. Well, another interesting stat that I saw um, is that 90 percent, this was uh, applicable to cats, the specific stat I'm going to quote. However, I'm sure it crosses over uh, proportionately to, to dogs as well, that 90 percent of cats um, in households earning over $35,000 per year, which is not a high income, obviously, were already neutered. Whereas our spade are neutered, whereas fifty one percent of cats in households are earning less than thirty five percent. So ninety versus fifty one, there's a forty percent gap of spay neuter versus not. So isn't it it doesn't seem just from that statistic that this is a poor man problem and not really anything to do with the general population? Well it it well they're members of the general population, are they not? <laughs> <laughs> well last time I looked. Well, that's right. And uh, and, and that brings into into uh, issue low-cost spay-neuter and the responsibility of political subdivisions and states to foster this kind of thing. But you see, you have to go back to the beginning and ask yourself, where did these people get these animals from? Right. Because if the, if the valve had been turned off at the source, um, a lot of these folks wouldn't have animals in the first place. But is that doable? Is there, I mean, well, will it, a low accomplish that? Well, if... Yes, if if there were the right statute, they were enforced. I mean, you can ask that about anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to legalize marijuana, and a lot of people don't want to legalize marijuana. And the question comes up, well, if it were illegal, could it be enforced? Well, it's illegal now, but it's not enforced. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't know until we find out. I mean, look... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're saying somebody should take a it's it's worthwhile effort enough that some state that's got a horrific what's, record of euthanasia be, should take what's it on. To be, look, I, I we have on our website another paper I did, which is also over 100 pages long, having to do with puppy mills and and pet shops and breeders and all of that. These people have to be shut down as well. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is part of the problem. Where are these animals coming from? So, so what is this going to mean for legitimate breeders that are out there? I mean, with I, I, I challenge, I challenge your your characterization of legitimate breeders. I mean, mm -hmm. if if you believe, as your promo indicated, that this is a moral issue, mm -hmm. you have to challenge the premise that breeding animals, with very, very, very limited exceptions, like seeing eye dogs. Um, is a legitimate enterprise. So, so then, at where, some point, where do the pets come from? Well, I, maybe they don't. Have you ever considered that? Well, are you in the camp of uh, where PETA is, which is um, that uh, having you know companion animals or pets in the home is not something that you guys favor? No, 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 no. In the first place, I, I just uh, PETA is a very complicated issue. I mean, they they do a lot of good things and they do a lot of very bad things. So I'm not, if, if you're asking a blunderbuss question, mm -hmm. I'm not in their camp, okay, on anything. Okay. <laughs> tell me an issue and I'll tell you whether I am or I'm not. But okay. addressing the question that you, you raise about companion animals, there will always be companion animals. 
Yeah. Professor, we're gonna we're gonna have to cut out. The computer is telling us in our headsets that okay. it's cut us off pretty that's soon. a hard break. We'll yeah, that's a hard break. Uh, thank okay. you very Fine. much. That was terrific. And My we're, we're gonna try to extend this at another time and bring you on again. Professor. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. The news. AM 970, The Apple. It's 87 degrees under partly sunny skies. President Obama heads to New Orleans today to help commemorate the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. In a speech at Xavier University, the president is expected to deliver an update on recovery efforts. Some critics have accused Mr. Obama of not living up to campaign pledges to do more to help New Orleans, which was devastated by Hurricane Katrina. The region's fishing and tourism industries have also taken hit from the BP oil disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. New York City police say they've arrested a man suspected of raping a senior citizen in the Bronx last Monday. Police say 40-year-old Sean Holland allegedly assaulted the victim as she was getting into an elevator. Agribusiness giant Cargill has recalled 8,500 pounds of ground beef over E. coli concerns. In making the announcement on Saturday, the U.S. Agriculture Department said officials had determined a cluster of illnesses in Maine and New York are related to the products. Officials said the tainted hamburger was sold at BJ's Wholesale Club in eight states earlier in the summer. Hurricane Danielle is causing dangerous rip currents along the East Coast, so be careful along the shore, even though it's been downgraded to a Category 2 storm. The Miami-based U.S. National Hurricane Center said the storm forced the rescue of dozens of swimmers. Officials in Ocean City, Maryland, said they pulled everybody out of the water with powerful riptides through the area. In sports, the Mets are hosting Houston. The Yankees are in Chicago. Traffic at the inbound Holland Tunnel, 30 minutes from Routes 1 to 9 and the Turnpike. New Jersey bound, 10 minutes from Canal Street and a little bit longer from some of the other approaches on and off with volume. Inbound George Washington Bridge, 30 minutes from 95 Express and local. Better from the other approaches. Outbound, pretty good once you get there. Jackie Robinson Parkway westbound at Cypress Hill Street. An accident involving a motorcycle. Watch for closures. Weather is sunny today with a high around 92. Clear tonight in 70. Low 70s and then 90s in the next two days. The Apple is a station with compelling talk. Check out Mike Gallagher Monday morning at 9 and find out why. I'm Tom O'Hanlon on the Talk of New York, AM 970, The Apple. This is the worst weather we've seen in quite some time, folks. And I don't see any end in sight. People have been calling in from across the state complaining their basements are flooding. One guy said he now has an indoor swimming pool in his basement. I told him he needs the waterproofing innovations from basement systems. If you want a dry basement or crawl space that will weather any kind of storm, you need the patented solutions from basement systems. You've seen them on home makeover shows throughout the country. With a lifetime warranty, every solution is custom designed for your basement. You can finally have that room you've always wanted with our total basement finishing system. Call now for a free estimate, and you'll never have to worry about storms like these again. Call now for your free basement inspection at 800-516-9794, 800-516-9794. Learn how to waterproof your basement now. Call this number, 800-516-9794, 800-516-9794. Hey, some folks will go the country mile or the whole nine yards to get a good deal. When it comes to a great deal, though, on a Honda, the way to go is Metro. You don't have to go very far. 
Metro Honda is the metropolitan area's premier Honda dealer. They're located just minutes from the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels, the New Jersey Turnpike, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. Metro Honda in Jersey City is dedicated to making sure that you, the customer, are satisfied. What if you need your car service on Sunday? Metro Honda is open just for that reason. They've got the affordability you need. Enjoy zero payment for the first month, zero percent financing, and zero security deposit. Call Metro Honda in Jersey City today at 1-800-229-CARS. That's 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online at MyMetroHonda.com. Call Metro Honda today. The way to go is Metro. 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online to MyMetroHonda.com. You don't have to go very far. The way to go is Metro. All subject to primary lender approval see dealer for details throw your friend a bone it's more the dogs in danger radio hour on am 970 the apple here are your hosts alex and brenda we're back again brenda and that was a fascinating discussion all the way it was 10 minutes and it could have probably gone yeah we'll for have 10 to have it back again because we had a whole lot of questions that we didn't get to i mean you know with 100 percent compliance then the logical conclusion is at some point you have no cats and dogs yeah. i guess maybe that's okay with some people but uh it's not, not a world I. I, it's not a world i want to live in anyway um, we're, before we introduce our second guest who's going to take the op- opposing point of view meaning opposing to the professor she is uh she is actually opposed to mandatory spay neuter as well okay. Opposing on double sides. Let's take a quick update, if we can, on Facebook. What's going on on the on the um, okay, we'll survey do we're doing? A little refresh here and see what we've got. Um, it's uh, it's very close, but right now we have uh, 57 oppose and 55 support. So it's it's, it's, uh, close. it's pretty close. And people are uh, you know putting in comments. We're not going to have a chance to read all these comments, but oh, I'm uh, sure. but I'm yeah, sure visit our visit our dogs in danger Facebook page. That's on facebook.com forward slash dogs in danger, and you can read everyone's comments. And the way we're going, we're not going to be able to take any phone calls no. again. But before we decide that, let's t- uh, let's, let's our introduce next our next guest. <laughs> in she is uh, Christy Keith, writer, editor, and a consultant to Maddie's Fund. Let's say hello, Christy. Hi. Can you hear us? I can hear you, but not too well. Oh, not too well. Um, maybe we can turn uh, up speak the volume up. here. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much I can do. Let me turn you up just a little bit. Is that any better? Okay. Uh, no, but that's okay. I can hear you. All okay, right. great. Thank you for joining us, Christy. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your expertise in the field, especially how it relates to Maddie's fund? Um, well, I, uh, I definitely um, can't speak for Maddie's Fund, but it is a, a fact that Maddie's Fund does not fund spay-neuter projects in communities that have uh, laws requiring mandatory spay-neuter because they don't believe that it's the role of uh, private shelters and private organizations to fund government activities. Mm-hmm. And we should probably talk about some of the, the, the long list of organizations um, that do not support mandatory spay-neuter. Of course, they are advocates of spay-neuter, low-cost incentives, that sort of thing. But mandatory, the opposition uh, is, is pretty large. Uh, the a- AVMA, uh, Best Friends, ASPCA, um, uh, and a whole host of other... American uh, Humane and a whole host of people. But I'm And I think, think also it's worth mentioning that even though they haven't come out with a, an official statement opposing mandatory spay-neuter, that the Humane Society of the United States has not supported mandatory spay-neuter in California in its current uh, incarnation. Well, but, Christy, you know, uh, fairness, I'm going to take the other side, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Professor Holzer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, he quotes something in his uh, most excellent study that we, we, t- we quoted a little while ago. 
that it is reliably estimated that 3% of the population, meaning human population, mm-hmm. is responsible for 80% of the companion animal overpopulation in the U.S., which, of course, spills out into the deaths and the killings in the shelters. So why wouldn't mandatory spay-neuter be effective in controlling that 3% that's causing all the, the problems for us? Well, the essential problem with mandatory spay-neuter is that it uh, diverts resources to enforcement instead of spending them on making spay-neuter affordable and accessible for the people who cannot afford it but would like to alter their pets. Um, I don't know if it was discussed at all, but, you know, the study that uh, Alley Cat Allies did looking at pets, which was a uh, looking at cats, rather, which was a peer-reviewed study published in the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we actually quoted that in the interview. Okay, great. And, I mean, this is something that um, also carries over for dogs. I, I, as I'm sure you know, the vast majority of pet dogs and cats are already spayed and neutered, but that is not represented across all income levels. So most of the unaltered Uh, dogs and cats are owned by low-income people, and most of them indicate that they would like to alter their pets, Mm -hmm. but they have trouble accessing these services and paying for them. So it seems extremely uh, counterproductive to uh, start penalizing those people with penalties and fines for doing something, for not doing something they already want to do but weren't able to afford or access. it, it just seems completely crazy. But, so but, what, you're, but you're looking at it in terms of uh, use of dollars and efficiency perspective, correct? Where the money flows. When you're looking at mandatory spay-neuter, it seems fairly obvious that that's what you would need to be looking at because mandatory spay-neuter would be a government-enforced mm-hmm. spay-neuter ordinance. And so mandatory doesn't mean free. Yeah, but uh, I'm seeing that I've seen... Um, uh, a statement uh, again on uh, on the document that I quoted previously mm-hmm. that a Minnesota legislator study found that for every dollar invested in spay neuter programs produced a long term saving of nineteen dollars. That means that the locality made eighteen dollars while saving a life. Supposedly, how Absolutely. how does that fl- uh, fly in the, in into the argument because, that the money's because going to you're spent not spending the money on spay neuter. You're spending it on impounding. And, and killing animals because the owners are failing to comply with these ordinances. Well, doesn't that go in the face of this study from the Minnesota legislator? One I don't understand how. Are they, are they saying that what they do is they go out, round up people's pets, spay and neuter them, and return them to their owners? Um, well, I think that they've invested their money in allow, you know, doing low-cost and free spay-neutering. I don't think that there is a mandatory spay-neuter law, but the study was looking at... Right. Well, that's the exact... That, that actually supports my position. If you look at a state like New Hampshire, which did not have a mandatory spay-neuter, they also found that every dollar they spent on subsidizing spay-neuter surgeries for low-income people saved them an enormous amount of money. I don't have the dollar figure in front of me, but it's consistent with what you're quoting. Investing in funding spay-neuter for the pets of low-income people, saves you animal control dollars and results in higher levels of spay-neuter. There, where in there do you need to have a mandatory spay-neuter ordinance to accomplish that? You simply need to make the service available to these people who want it. So, you're, Christy, if I understand you correctly, your point is that as long as you have the problem is with the, let's say, under $35,000 income families, as long as you have a way of getting low-cost very or free 
services, spay neuter services to those people, the problem will solve itself. Absolutely. So what's the problem with the word mandatory? Because then you create a structure in the government that has to be paid for of enforcement officers who have to be paid to go out and levy penalties and fines on people who already can't afford to get their pets altered. It does absolutely nothing to solve the problem. It costs money in the short run and the long run, and it doesn't increase the numbers of animals who are being spayed and neutered, and it does increase the number of animals who are going into your animal control system. Just look at Los Angeles, which has a mandatory spay-neuter ordinance and has found that it has increased shelter intake and increased shelter killing. Hmm. But a lot of people um, say that the Los Angeles law is absolutely flawed, and I think you're aware, I think that Monday or Tuesday the Senate bill is, is going to be coming up for a vote in the California state legislature for the entire state for a mandatory vote, a mandatory California's vote. law. California's law has another problem. Now, not every mandatory spay-neuter ordinance has this particular problem, but California's does, and it's, uh, it's in addition to the diversion of resources from providing spay-neuter services to maintaining this animal control system and paying for those, for those activities, is that it also uh, requires that people who are taking care of unowned community cats, feral cats, uh, in essence, be mandated that they must successfully capture all of them, or they, these caregivers who do not own these cats but are out of compassion, trying to manage their numbers humanely, uh, are, are going to be put in the position where they become in violation of this ordinance, of this law, uh, if, they're, if they're not successful in catching 100% of these cats. Uh, which is nuts because, as I'm sure anyone who's been involved with feral cat management knows, you're always having, uh, you're always catching the cats and having them altered and reintroducing them. There's always new cats or cats that you have more trouble catching than others. It's cr it's turning people who are doing something out of compassion into criminals. And I don't know if you know this, and again, I don't want to talk too much about the specifics of the California law because every one of these laws is different, and this is what's happening in California. But one of the very troubling things about this is, is that if you violate uh, a number of animal-related laws, you become uh, no longer able to have a license or a permit to have any intact animals whatsoever. But, it's not just that but, animal. And when you are trying to turn around and apply that to feral cat caregivers, it's, it's completely insane. You're, you're taking a service that's being provided free to the state of trying to manage these animals, and you're turning it into a criminal activity. It, it, I, you know, and again, that's just SB 250. It's not all mandatory mm -hmm. spay-neuter laws, but it's a particularly troubling part of this one. But, Christy, what's, uh, I mean, people in the animal rights movement try to fix everything, you know, everything perfect. You know, feral cats are fixed up and dogs are fixed up and black dog problem is fixed up and we're going to fix the pit bull problem and all these problems that we're going to fix. Actually, we fix and we end up fixing nothing, okay? Correct. And every time there is an attempt, I mean, clearly, the system isn't working, right? You have to admit, as long as you're killing three to four million dogs or five million animals, as Nathan Winograd has quoted, um, something is wrong. I mean, I, I think we can agree that killing five million is unacceptable. So every time somebody tries to tr do something new, try something new, 
all of this, you know, this this avalanche comes out of the woodwork saying it doesn't hit all the points. So nothing gets done, and the animals continue to be killed. People, you know, we already know what works. We already have multiple models across the country of communities that have ended the killing of all healthy and treatable dogs and cats that come into their animal control system community-wide. We already know what programs and procedures and policies result in that goal. None of those communities has ever, ever uh, implemented a mandatory spay-neuter ordinance. They have all done it the same way with low-cost, accessible, or free spay-neuter services with foster care programs around their shelters, with good relationships between shelters, animal control, rescue groups, and the animal-loving community, with uh, trap-neuter release programs for unowned cats. This is the set of programs that has worked in every single community that has reached 90% and greater uh, save rates on their animals. And I'm talking about 100% of the animals. I'm not talking about some kind of uh, smoke and mirrors of, oh, this animal's adoptable, this animal's not adoptable. I'm just talking about all the animals who come into the shelter system. Why are we trying to implement something that has never worked anywhere it's been tried instead of doing what the state of Delaware just recently did, which is pass a law implementing the policies and procedures that have successfully taken a number of communities across the United States to this this goal of not killing healthy and treatable dogs. Christy, we're gonna, you're going to get cut off. I apologize. Thank you very much, Christy. Uh, we'll be speaking to you again. More of the time. Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. Dogs in Danger is an award-winning charity that has turned the animal world on its head. It's the last chance for dogs waiting on death row in shelters across the country. They tell the public what dog is where and how many days they have before being killed. Then, caring people like you go and save the poor dog and bam, you have a new best friend and a happy family. Dogs in Danger has done this over 40,000 times in just two and a half years. Wow. Now, you can help Dogs in Danger spread the word and save even more lives. Your donation is 100% tax deductible. So what are you waiting for? Go to dogsindanger.com and click the donate button. Just $18 a month will make them reach farther and help end the killing of our furry friends www.dogsindanger.com Then click donate and do something good for your soul. Plastic Surgery Center, can I help you? Hi, I need to cancel my appointment. And what were you having done? I was having H spots on my face lightened. Okay, can I ask why you're canceling? Honestly? <laughs> well, I found this great product that really works. My face looks amazing. Can I ask what product you're using <clears throat> so I can let the doctor know? Before you spend tons of money in recovery time to have age spots, liver spots, dull or uneven skin tone corrected, you should try Night Skin. Night Skin is a proven anti-aging cream that was developed by Dr. Arthur Perry. For a limited time only, he's offering a free 30-day supply of Night Skin just for new customers. You only pay shipping and handling. Call 1-800-395-6903. This offer is limited to one free sample per household. Call now and try Night Skin for free. Call 1-800-395-6903. 1-800-395-6903. 1-800-395-6903. 
Could you name seven reasons President Barack Obama has lost America? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I could think of at least seven, but Town Hall Magazine has done more than just think about it. Town Hall Magazine's provocative cover story is another example of the fresh, intelligent reporting that goes beyond the bullet points of the Internet and way beyond the mainstream media. Log on to townhallmagazine.com and find out why it's the fastest-growing conservative magazine around and take advantage of the special offer with your subscription. For fresh, intelligent reporting, log on to townhallmagazine.com and subscribe today. townhallmagazine.com the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites, on AM 970. The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back again. Wow, that was some scintillating discussion we had back and forth. We just ran out of time, both both sections. Yeah, we're finding that we don't have enough time for all the issues we want to talk about with our Such guests. Such a hot topic. We'll, we'll have to have a part two of the mandatory spay-neuter. Um, okay, so uh, we have a couple of people that have emailed in. We have a whole lot of people that are uh, talking about uh, this on the Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com forward slash dogs in danger. Um, I just wanted to read a couple of emails uh, from Erin, the first one from Erin. She says, while I don't agree with mandatory spay-neuter laws that only apply to specific breeds, because who are you kidding, that's still BSL. I'm fine with broad mandatory spay-neuter laws because there's a disgusting number of animals euthanized every day. If more people were made to spay and neuter, this number would obviously be more dramatically decreased. Thank you for that, Erin. And from Michelle in Michigan, Michelle writes, I believe that mandatory spay-neuter laws will not help in many communities. They unfairly target poor neighborhoods and take away funding from other needed programs. I feel that strays being adopted from animal control or humane societies should be spayed or neutered before being adopted out, but not to force owners to spay and neuter their own animals. The focus should be more on licensing and leash laws, proper care of the animals, and mandatory obedience training for large dogs. Hmm. Interesting comments. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot to say about this issue. And uh, and I think we should do our Dogs in Danger sequence Dog of the two. day number two yes. is Urgent Little Girl in Louisiana. That's uh, Vermilion Parish in Kaplan, Louisiana. She can't be more than just a, a, a couple of months old. Oh, you showed me this picture. Yeah, and, oh, she's this adorable. Dog is I have to be careful adorable. when I show Alex these pictures oh, because God, he's, ready to drive, right he's ready to drive to Louisiana and get every single dog. Um, uh, they're saying she's a rat terrier mix. It's kind of hard to tell when they're when they're so uh, so young. She's absolutely adorable with just the the biggest brown eyes. Um, the shelter writes: Dogs at this pound can be killed any day, any time. Little girl is very cute female puppy. We're told she's a border collie rat terrier mix. Who knows what she is? Except she's 150% lovable. Look at those sweet round eyes. She's about three to four months old and six pounds. Well, let's let's say something here. Why is Dogs in Danger Hour on air in New York and simulcast on the DogsInDanger.com website talking about little puppies in Louisiana? Well, guess what, guys? You can get that dog, okay? You can get this little puppy to come up to New York. I've seen it done hundreds of times. The shelter will help you with it. Dogs in Danger actually has a section on its website that tells you how to do it. It doesn't cost all that much. My own dog flew in from California when certain things were events were happening in my life. I do not wish to discuss. Uh, so please go to dogsindanger.com and take a look at, in Louisiana, take a look at this absolutely adorable dog. I want that dog saved, guys. Come on, do it now. Yeah, and um, yeah, the shelter actually uh, 
writes, two of three animals don't make it out of their shelter, so hurry, this dog's at the pound and will be killed for lack of space, no other reason. You know, and that is, um, that dog you can find on our website in Louisiana. It's on the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour as the featured dog, or you can call 337-643-3160. You know, I'm just going to, before we go to network break, I'm just going to quote another one of my statistics that I seem to have so many today. But uh, this is a fascinating one, uh, and it, it relates directly to the discussion of today. One cat, did you know this? One cat can potentially be the source of more than 400,000 cats in seven years. Yeah. Let me say that again. One cat can be the source of more than 400,000 cats in seven years. I mean, that, is, that was just a statistic that was mind-blowing. I knew it already, but I know it was a shock to you. It was a, it was a complete and total shock to me. And, uh, we should, you know, I, I don't know which side of the angle to land on this thing because it's very passionate, the discussion about mandatory. Yeah. Some people hate laws. Some other people say it can only be done through laws. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which is that. How are we doing on the results on, the, on Facebook? See what our friends are saying. Um, I'm going to have to check that in a minute because I was actually reading something else here. We have to... Um, say something about uh, the ASPCA's new uh, Operation Pit program here uh, in the New York area, which is giving, uh, offering free uh, spay-neuter and free vaccinations oh, yeah, this is to a great anyone program. with a pit or a pit mix. And we think that's just uh, an amazing program. We hope to see more programs like that across the country. And the ASPCA, um, you know, we, we criticized them a bit last week for their position on Oreo's Law, but we have to mm-hmm. really give them credit here for, for a great program now with this Operation Pit. We hope there's more across the country. Absolutely. We'll be back in a we'll minute right to wrap up the show. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. For those of us who live with these special creatures, we understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face-to-face with a painful reality. More than 40,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit dogsindanger.com and click donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now, before they run out of time. Hey, some folks will go the country mile or the whole nine yards to get a good deal. When it comes to a great deal, though, on a Honda, the way to go is Metro. You don't have to go very far. Metro Honda is the metropolitan area's premier Honda dealer. They're located just minutes from the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels, the New Jersey Turnpike, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. Metro Honda in Jersey City is dedicated to making sure that you, the customer, are satisfied. What if you need your car service on Sunday? Metro Honda is open just for that reason. They've got the affordability you need. Enjoy zero payment for the first month, 0% financing, and zero security deposit. Call Metro Honda in Jersey City today at one 
1-800-229-CARS. That's 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online at MyMetroHonda.com. Call Metro Honda today. The way to go is Metro. 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online to MyMetroHonda.com. You don't have to go very far. The way to go is Metro. All subject to primary lender approval. See dealer for details. This is Hugh Hewitt for TownHall.com. Incredibly, newcomer to California politics, Carly Fiorina, is five points ahead of longtime Democratic incumbent Barbara Boxer in the race to represent California in the United States Senate. Boxer's hyper-left-wing views, including her extreme stance on endangered species protection, which has cost thousands of farm jobs in the Golden State Central Valley, have caught up with her, and the independents and moderate Democrats are deserting this fixture of San Francisco and Beltway elitism. Fiorina is, of course, a very successful job creator from the private sector who understands the economic malaise that has descended on the country and especially California. Thousands of small contributions are rolling into her website, CarlyForCalifornia.com, as a result, and she will need them as the union bosses will be going all out to protect their ever-reliable hard-left vote in Barbara Boxer. To learn more and to support one of the more exciting faces in the 2010 election cycle, visit CarlyForCalifornia.com. I'm Hugh Hewitt. No fleas on us. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, Brenda, it's another hour, and our second show is looks like it's wrapped up already. How are we doing on Facebook? Uh, on Facebook right now, we have 68, 68 uh, opposing and 58 supporting. 58 supporting. Oh, my God. When, yeah. when the show started, we were basically uh, 40 to 2 with uh, almost everybody um, opposing. And just during the show period, we've gone all the way to the other side of the equation. You believe that? Yeah, <laughs> and we should, uh, we should probably talk about um, some of the other topics that we have lined up. Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, uh, we only have a few minutes here before they take us off the air. Well, we have 52 weeks of topics Another show without we, where we didn't take any call-ins. Another show where our guests... Took the airwaves and not our Yeah, they prefer listeners. the social media aspect, I think. Although we did have a couple of people who, who sent me messages on Facebook telling us that um, they were having difficulty calling in. So I'm not sure what the issues were with the phone, but we'll, we'll make sure we have that, that, out. Yeah. have that resolved. And yeah. we'll try to have them for sure yeah. next week. We're going to make a promise here that we're going to take some, from, some calls in no matter what. No matter what. Okay. And, and um, we have uh, everything from breed-specific legislation to how much is too much in uh, cost of medical care is some of the topics coming up uh, yeah but let's talk next about next weeks. week next week is dogs in restaurants and cafes a subject close very very close to my personal heart because i just don't understand and i don't like it when i walk into with my little white doggy i walk into an outdoor cafe and i'm asked to take the dog outside or asked to leave in some circumstances i don't like it i think it's not too smart and we're going to have an open wide open discussion we're going to be talking about where dogs should and should not be allowed, where they are, some of the laws and some of the trends and changing that, and why can't you take your dog to the cafe with you? Absolutely, and we're going to have some phenomenal guests. I think they're going to be joining us in the studio as well as on the phone, and we made a commitment to have a guest this time. So even if we have to with a call in, right. no matter what, right. we're going to have somebody on, yeah. right? And the one thing I guarantee you we will not be talking about next week is uh, how the dogs feel about the mosque at Ground Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody asked the dogs? <laughs> I think we're trivial, tri trivializing the issue a little bit too much, possibly. But that's all you hear about in the news. Enough already. It's all over. Oh, my God. I mean, enough already. We have opinions on it, but it is not for this show, clearly. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us. I think they're going to be um, 
pumping in the music. Any minute, yes. Yeah, and, any and we will also have a show discussing um, uh, breeding of dogs, legitimate breeders, reputable breeders, and uh, we'll have a whole other discussion on that. Well, that sounds like one that I should take a nap through. <laughs> I don't think Legitimate so. Legitimate pre- Okay. Well, anyway, next week's show. Uh, so we'll see We'll see all of you guys next Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m. again, the Dogs in Danger radio hour. Please follow us on dogsindanger.com and on our Facebook page, dog, uh, facebook.com slash dogsindanger, as well as following us on our Twitter page where we put out all sorts of notices. Um, that's www.twitter.com slash dogsindanger. Again, our Facebook page slash dogsindanger. Twitter slash Dogs in Danger. We'll be back next week. See ya. Talk of New York, AM 9.